Hello and welcome to the Three Plane Sports Podcast. Just three plane guys from the Great Plains talking a lot of sports, some sports betting, and maybe doing a little drinking along the way. I am your host and producer, Dylan, joined by two guys who I am low-key relying on to carry the podcast tonight. First, stand-up comedian combatant, serial triple texter, and big B. John Robinson fan, Colin. Good evening. Finally, still reading through all the texts I sent, letting him know that I was dropping deuces at every Love's Truck Stop on Interstates 35 and 45, garbage picker and curtain rod handyman, Sam. Thank you, Dylan. So, let's get right into the pregame. Uh, We are recording this on Tuesday, May 2nd. Uh, The pregame is where I pick news items from the week, uh, the past week, that I think are either interesting or these guys might care about, or actually, I don't care if they care about them, because this is uh, my segment and I get to pick the news. So, let's start with probably the only baseball talk uh, we'll have this podcast. I actually have two baseball items. We'll start with the first one. Uh, Colin, how many countries have you been to in your life? You had to ballpark it. Uh, probably roughly 20. Okay. Yeah. I know you were well-traveled. Have you hit a home run in any of those? I've in none. Absolutely. Fucking zero. And you played baseball. Uh, here's where Xander Bogarts has you beat, uh, as this week he broke a record by hitting home runs in four different countries. Uh, that would be the United States, obviously where he has hit literally hundreds of them. Uh, Canada played a lot of games, uh, against the blue Jays when he was with the Red Sox. Uh, he had a London series in 2019 on the Red Sox, and most recently in Mexico on the Padres versus the Giants. Uh, Michael Brantley and Tony Clark are close. Uh, they have three because their fourths don't count since Puerto Rico uh, is not its own country, but that is what they have over Xander Bogarts. Um, question, so you're just talking about professionally. Did he not hit any home runs during the WBC? He played for the Netherlands. Was that all in the U.S.? Uh, I believe so. I I thought they. I don't know if that counts. Aren't you talking like MLB home runs in different countries, or are we? Uh, probably. I don't know. I didn't read that far into it. Obviously, that was a big news item. Uh, well, it was a big news item, and I basically just thought it was interesting. Um, Yeah. uh, I just figured it was a nice wild wild card. I don't know if he did. I was just curious. If you're counting those, because I, you know, if he would, if they were playing out and about, he could have more than four. But I can't seem to find. Let's box call scores. it major league because that's what I can verify. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, great news guy, I guess. Uh, and then our second news item for tonight, uh, which I think you will both be big fans of, uh, Jacob Degrom injured again last Friday during a start in the middle of his start against the Yankees. Uh, walked out with inflammation in his throwing elbow and uh, tightness in the forearm, which just absolutely screams Tommy John. It should just come across ESPN's bottom ticker anytime he makes it through a start at this point. <laughs> I, I, Yeah, that was pretty damn fucking unshocking. The most annoying part about that is uh, whoever they were playing when he went out, I had... I think they were playing the Yankees. I had the, the Yankees, Yankees yes. team total over, and Dane Dunning came in and just fucked me. So I thought, soon, been, I, I thought as soon as I I thought as soon as he left, <laughs> <laughs> totally would have changed the whole time, dude. As soon as that happened, though, I was like, "All right, I have a good chance to win this bet." And then yeah, Dunning just said, mm, "How's about you go fuck yourself?" 
Old friend alert, Dane Dunning. Yeah, I know. I uh, I know I texted you during it. Yeah, so uh, here's the thing. So he's on a five-year contract. Jacob deGrom's on a five-year contract with the Rangers. If he requires Tommy John surgery after this, that basically puts him out for what he's had six starts. He was injured during his sixth start. And that's a guy you're hoping to get like 25 from at minimum, you know, why you brought him on. So he's going to be out more than likely the entire 2023 season um, if he requires a Tommy John, definitely. And if he requires a TJ, then definitely out through pretty much the entire 2024 campaign as well. So if you're the uh, Rangers on that five-year deal, you got to be feeling really good about yourselves. Uh, Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, anyone signing him knew the fucking risk that that was going to happen. I mean, it was inevitable. Yeah, but. I mean, it's probably one of those things where you're you're thinking like, oh man, he's been injured so much. He's got some at some point he's got to get a break. Turns out no. I mean, he broke and potentially broke something. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's the pregame for today. I, I figured we'd talk a little baseball because we probably won't talk any more baseball uh, during this podcast. And those are pretty big news items that I thought you guys might like. Uh, so let's move out of the pregame and into something I like to call slow pitch, fast pitch. Here's how this works. Uh, I give each of my co-hosts here a pitch about a day before. That's a sports take. And one of them is supposed to be a little bit of an easier buy uh, maybe a, a little slower pitch, as we're going to call it. It should be easy to slam that one out of the park, maybe. I'm not always good at that. Uh, also, something I'm not good at is coming up with the fast pitch, which is supposed to be a blazing hot take, although I think this week I've done a very good job with my take, uh, but I have uh, at least a good idea to back it up in my mind, uh, which they'll probably rip me apart for. So, Colin, do you think you have the slow pitch or the fast pitch this week? I think I have the slow pitch. And then Sam... This is the second time in under a month that I would say I have the uh, the Special Olympics pitch. Oh, really? Okay. Well, uh, let's find out who's correct. So the slow pitch, this is supposed to be the easier take. Soccer and hockey offsides are stupid penalties and should be done away with. Uh, Colin, you're correct. What are your thoughts? Uh, so as someone who watches these, uh, at least a shit ton of soccer, so... Um, you know how we were talking about banning the shift at the beginning of baseball season where, and my logic at least, was the batters already have such a difficult time that the rule of banning the shift helps them um, sort of even the playing field that the defense has the upper hand in that case. This is one where I think offsides, at least from a logical standpoint of wanting to argue this, is a way to even the playing field because it is a little harder to defend in soccer you know you're not using your hands you're you know you know it's a little more funky having you know stick a leg in here and there there's already draft uh you know dire consequences if you take someone down in the uh in the 18 yard box for a penalty kick all that stuff i think it just it it makes the game better in some instances no one wants to see someone fucking cherry picking the whole goddamn game it structurally maybe it would open up scoring a little bit but structurally would it make the game as interesting uh i know you guys would probably say yes because you don't give a shit but score more more scoring (laughs) but i just i think defenders to be good did i mean maybe that's what you hate defenders are pretty decent and that's why they don't score but finishing in soccer can be just atrocious um at times 
But no, I think it's perfectly fine rule. The one, my only uh, thing that I hate is the introduction of VAR, a video assistant referee for soccer, at least. I don't know as much about hockey, where, I mean, they're drawing lines, like pretty much imaginary lines on where the a person's like body part is sticking out last, and they'll fuck you with if your fucking kneecap is slightly past the last defender's, you know, body part that can actually legally touch the soccer ball that's the rule and they'll draw these lines that are like hair a hair difference and they'll call you offside and take that away from you that shit's a little over the top but i like it i mean sam do you like watching uh cherry picking uh cherry picking in basketball no i'm kind of with you on this one colin honestly like it it's necessary for the function of the sport i'm happy to talk shit on soccer because I, th- I think soccer sucks, but I don't think soccer gets better if basically teams just start playing like a collapsing sort of like penalty kill style defense with cherry pickers on at least two. They're going to run at least two guys deep into the other end and just try to get a quick takeaway, beam it down there, and then have a little two on zero. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd um, have to be almost in fucking <laughs> man coverage. Yeah, and I I I, I don't see like what it adds I, I it depends how it ends up playing out strategically but yeah i don't think it makes for a better sport necessarily in soccer and certainly not in hockey in soccer i almost feel like it would stagnate the sport people so, would they're a lot more standing around because you're just marking a guy which it's more like zonal marking when you're having guys push forward and then you get that sort of extra not even defender but defense mechanism of an offside trap if pulled right in soccer is is pretty damn slick you you like pretty much have your whole back line anticipated dudes run all fucking take a couple steps forward right at the same time and this dude's run is suddenly he's five feet beyond the last defender illegally and he looks like a dipshit because the other guys pulled it off miraculously or it's vice versa. It's funny as shit to watch them try it. One guy lag, and you see a clear run through the back line that gets fed through, and next thing you know, it's a one-on-one with the keeper. Hockey, I don't watch as much, so I, I, I do like it in hockey. Again, it takes away cherry-picking, allows more skill with the speed on your skates and all that all that shit, so I, I it, it's a necessary rule for sure. So basically, this was prompted by the recent uh, Avs loss to the Kraken. Uh, congratulations to all you crackheads out there. Uh, <laughs> basically, my my perspective is it's like telling the quarterback he has to throw the ball before the wide receiver gets past the safeties. Like just 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 the ball is always live. Let the ball continue to be live. Uh, let defenses uh, you know go through and acclimate to that rule change. Uh, you know, get a little more scoring in both of these sports. Uh, actually, hockey's been decently scoring all year compared to past years. Soccer still absolutely horrendous to watch, uh, based on low scoring. Where it's just like I actually didn't hate low scoring baseball games, but I do hate low scoring soccer games and all the bullshit that comes along with it and all the draws and things and the way Colin bets and there's like two and a quarter uh, spread lines, which is absolutely <laughs> retarded. <laughs> well, so, I mean, the the thing about that is because, I mean, I think I've explained it. It's called Asian betting, I think, is the technical term. Whoa, Could be, whoa, whoa. Yeah, if I'm wrong, oh, that's a fuck up. But I don't think I am. 
uh, because I've had it explained to me before and I've had to Google it and all that shit. But it's because of how low-scoring soccer can be. Um, these certain styles, like those certain lines, allow for lines not to be as inflated because over two and a half may be... Um, I don't. I don't know how one explain you know it. What? But Either I mean, way, it, it can go away with the offsides penalties. And you know what? If it finds out that defensemen now that they can't, like they don't, they can't hide behind the rules. Fine. You know, we'll give. We'll let them use their hands inside of the. Uh, what do you call the box outside of 18, the goal box? I mean, sure. there's the six yard and then the eighteen yard. Eighteen yeah. yard is let let them use their hands inside the fucking eighteen yard to block shots or something. I don't know. <laughs> Um, well, it, do, do you like the CFL where they all are able to run behind the line of scrimmage Absolutely. to get head starts? Absolutely. Uh, really? How much of the CFL you watch? Uh, not a whole lot, but you know, all right. like that rule. <laughs> it's all, I mean, it, it would be like that, but if you could actually cross the line of scrimmage as soon as you get set and you don't have to worry about the snap, it's like, all right, I'm set ref and just go fucking book it before the ball's snapped. But the, uh, the, but the defensive line can't rush the fucking passer. There's a lot of things, but you know what? In football, the defense, you can try to time the snap. I mean, if, if somebody's running behind or running towards the line, that gives you a lot of tools to help time the snap. Well, yeah. And you can also try and time your run. You can also try and time your run to get past that last defender without being offside with it timing up with your person passing to you or giving you that lead pass. No, exactly. In the CFL, that's why it works because the offensive player obviously has to time his own snap that he knows, but it gives, But by doing that, you give all the defenders a heads up of when the snap is coming because they're not going to let you get up. You know, they're not going to let nah, you sorry. get Sorry, th- I thought you were talking NFL at that, at that no, exact CFL. point. No, Sorry, uh, you time you time that snap because you see when the guy's gonna hit the line. Okay, way, yeah, no, I thought you were saying NFL where you just try and jump the snap on the, and I was like, that's the same thing as fucking trying to beat an offside. Offsides but. penalties are a crutch for defenders that hide behind that rule to make themselves look better. I I, I don't know how that's hiding behind a rule that is it's very behind a rule because you don't want to be exposed for being a shitty defender. That is, that's just not how that works, but okay. Like, you're leaving guys wide open in the goal box? Good fucking luck. <laughs> Trash product. Exactly. Uh, so there's the slow pitch for today. Uh, but let's move on to the fast pitch. This is supposed to be kind of the blazing hot take, and I actually do think I've done a pretty good job this week, and I think Sam will uh, maybe agree that I've done a good job by potentially disagreeing with me. Uh, so Sam, the fast pitch this week, as you already know, Goaltending should no longer be a penalty in organized basketball. Uh, I, I that that's that's what I got, Sam. What do you think? <laughs> that's a fucking wild take. Like I, I'm almost I I almost kind of want to hear. Like I, I feel like surely there's some nuance to this. You've put some thought into this because like, are you not sitting here picturing like Rudy Gobert just standing under the net and when a motherfucker takes a jumper, he just jumps up through the net and fucking blocks it. Every single time. Have you ever seen, like, when a team takes a timeout and whoever has the ball just, like, you know, casually shoots the 30-foot three-pointer and somebody on the other team goes and jumps up and smacks it out of the fucking air when it's about to come through the rim and they always succeed at doing that because they're all crazy athletic and they don't want to let the guy see his shot go in? Let me caveat this. I think it should be caveated that I don't think anybody's arm should be going through the rim. Okay, but it so, still doesn't matter. So, what would, so it's still stupid, but like, okay, so what would you suggest we call the penalty where someone's arm does go through the rim? Well, that that With could remain, that could remain okay. goaltending. 
But because that's thinking. like being a, that's like being a goalie, right? <laughs> being a goalie is like getting you through the plane of the goal. Yeah. And if you consider the basket to be the plane of the goal, I think you should be able to swat that shit it's... away from the outside. Just it, you know what? It's fucking the ball is <laughs> See, live. You, you We're said it's called scoring. being a goalie. You know what goalie is short for, Dylan? Goaltender. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I said no, but I was comparing uh... goaltending. So like. You can keep goaltending by, like, having your arm inside the basket. But anything outside of the fucking rim, absolutely. Swat that shit away. Be better shooters. Come up with better defensive schemes. We do not Defensive need, schemes? We do dude, not need 225-point NBA games. See, I agree with that point. Dude, we need he wants. Point NBA games. You said become... So I, hold on, Colin. Give, give, me, give me the space on this yeah. one for a second. Um... You said be better shooters. Like you're supposed to shoot around the guy's hand who's be waiting better, in front of be the goal. To just fucking schemat- we need better offensive schematic coaches. We need better shooters in general. You There's know, you no draw guys. You draw guys away from the basket. You don't need. To Why would they ever the draw them away? Why would they ever leave, dude? You get you sign five centers and then you have <laughs> them stand there with their fucking hands in front of the rim outside of it, and anyone who tries to shoot it at them, they just swat you know that what? shit every time. <laughs> and you know for the what? entire the, game. And you know what? The coach who figures out how to get around that's gonna win a fucking championship that year. <laughs> the, the, the sport that is will go out the of business. dumbest that. Oh this my is god. Fucking stupid. This is the Dude, stupidest he went, fucking thing I can't ever said bo- on this pod. <laughs> I can I know he has to be fucking like, with you're us, I'd assume. Like, but do you know the oh FIBA my rules, god. Dylan? Sorry. What? Sorry. Do you know the FIBA rules? I like, do not. Goaltending so the NBA and like college basketball as we know it, you know, real sports <laughs> that, that need this rule to function. They they don't let you goaltend. <laughs> Specifically though, in FIBA, like in the Olympics and shit like that, and uh you know, world international Euro basketball League. competitions. Yeah, EuroLeague too. You can goaltend once the ball has hit the rim. So basically, Good. if like if somebody misses and the ball bounces up, and maybe it might still bounce back in, like it's still over the cylinder, is what they say over here in America, and you can't go bat it out of there. Internationally, you can go bat it out of there at that point. But what you can't do is just fucking stand. Like, picture Yao Ming, dude, just standing there with his fucking hands over the top of the rim. And you're like, I want to see somebody scheme their way around it. <laughs> like, what well, the fuck, fuck are you other, picturing? Well, what the fuck are you envisioning, team, dude? Good for that team for having the vision to sign a Yao Ming. The, every team's going to have that vision as soon as the rule gets announced. And, okay, and then okay, nobody's okay, going to have okay. the vision. On Dylan wants the a revert. He wants, he wants basketball to go back to no shot clock as well while we're at it. So it can go back to be. It's going to be like that Oklahoma fucking uh-huh. high school game where it's 4 to 2. Just because. <laughs> and a super fan, Dylan. <laughs> just because one guy was able to break someone else's hand on a dunk. Yeah. <laughs> he, there's just the increased amount of snaps. They're gonna yeah. play with flip. They're gonna play with the sliding base fucking flippers okay. because okay. otherwise they're gonna just get their hands no, snapped every time. Okay, that's how the game grows. Is that it's a long regular season, and by the time like you're halfway through the regular season, everybody who has been willing to sign that's tall enough to get up there just has <laughs> had their hands mutilated by just the repeated dunk attempts <laughs> that are the only way anyone could ever score. And God, by, yeah, the, you by got... the time the finals roll around, everybody's like six foot two, and you really gotta like actually get some air and time. See, shit that's up what and... makes the game better, right there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
it's a it's a it's a long season man uh okay let's let's compromise i kind of like the fiba rules you can't go through the you can't go through the basket you can't break the plane of the basket if it hits the uh <laughs> if it hits the rim swat that shit the fuck out of there take it down with FIBA, well, it, it, with FIBA, Sam, they can't take it off the rim, but at, if it leaves the rim after hitting it, they can get it. Isn't that oh, it? I think they should be able to uh, take it off the rim. I, if you, I if you, think if you're they not can good take enough it off to the rim. I could be wrong, though. I could be if, wrong. I, I'm not, not a, I don't know. Not a small window of it being like, on the you. rim without being like... You know, yeah, I'm just thinking. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of you know, it. Doesn't happen that often, you know. But just you, instead of seeing the fucking toilet swirls, you uh-huh. see someone going fuck that and just well, knocking you know, it you know, out of there. The toilet swirl would probably be safe since you would in this scenario you wouldn't be able to go through the middle of the basket. Yeah, you oh, have to cut no. some over top. So I mean, it's possible. But, yeah. Oh, so for sure. You you just got to hit it. No, you just got to hit it fucking hard enough, and it'll just spin. will put it right into the backboard and out. So when I did thirty minutes or or thirty seconds of reading I, on this, thirty when I did thirty, <laughs> seconds, when I did 30 <laughs> seconds of reading on this, the uh, the more uh, interesting uh, uh, scenario I saw was when like your teammate is stealing points from you by like tipping it in. <laughs> I mean that's 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 sure that's funny, but like <laughs> this motherfucker he thought one millimeter deep into this hypothetical and was like, this is awesome. Hey man, I didn't have a lot. Of, I was on vacation last week. Didn't have a lot of time to come up with sports takes. I thought this was gonna be this is great. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, okay. No, Sam. So it's no blocking a ball in downer flight towards the rim. Normal. And then once the ball strikes the rim, any player can play the ball. I, for example, swat it away or tap it in, which is sort of. I mean. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Uh, not, I mean, it's not weird. I'm just, I, I'm shocked it doesn't s- clarify the ball cannot be on the rim. So yeah, that doesn't make my, a huge I, difference, really. Did I do my job this week with a blazing hot take? I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan's got to get dumber to just spit hot takes because they're just <laughs> brain dead. For all those fucking weeks that you guys said it's not that hot of a take, here you go. <laughs> Dylan, you get any dumber, you're gonna be racing NASCAR. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Here we go. One more. Whoa! Wait! Not really whoa! A take. Not really a take, but like it, it, it's similar. Would you rather have uh, what's his name? Adam Silver. What's his first name? Adam Silver. Adam Silver. Would you rather? I would have rather Adam... whoever else you're about to offer. Okay, no, no. Would you rather have Adam Silver as the NBA commissioner with all of the shit that's going on currently, or would you have? Me as NBA commissioner making a lot of things better and then also getting goaltending. <laughs> Adam Silver. Jesus. Adam Silver. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck Adam it. Silver. Yeah. I, I, I don't trust conviction. you. I'll, I'll take I'll take Silver the basketball terrorist uh, over you. Just the absolute deranged motherfucker. Uh, there. Yeah. No. Dylan wants to. There's an episode I know you guys haven't seen. Of American Dad, where uh, the son does all this pizzazz on umping. Like, sort of like they show the Central American country umps going all crazy and shit. And so the MLB hires him to do rule changes and shit to, you know, appeal to the youth. And it just becomes so, like, it's not baseball pretty much anymore. It, it's like almost D&D type shit, but you have someone standing at home. That's, that's, that's what Dylan would do to basketball. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, so there we go. We'll have we'll have goaltending. We'll have uh, power plays. Like if you get a foul instead of getting two shots, you get pulled out of the game into the penalty box, like hockey. So you have four on five basketball for a while. Uh, Sam and Colin are very aware of how that plays out. Uh, and then uh, we'll have uh, I don't know. We'll expand the cre- uh, We'll expand like the paint or something so to make to make the goaltending slightly more interesting. Make the paint larger. Defenders can't stand. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Make defenders not be able to stand in the paint very long either. Actually, that'd wow, play well. That'd be that'd be crazy if that rule already existed. <laughs> no, man. No, make the paint larger though. <laughs> okay. Along with keeping defensive three seconds, we're gonna make the paint larger. <laughs> so that's just be a, he just wants dunks. That's all he wants. Give it an offense. He's tired. He's tired of them shooters. <laughs> They've had it too good for too long. All right, that's the slow pitch and fast pitch for this week. Let's jump into our main topic. Uh, This is our 2023 NFL Draft in Review episode. Um, I know you guys paid a little bit more attention to the draft than I did. So, uh, Colin, do you want to... Actually, let's let's start this off with a couple of receipts from bad takes I've had during the fast pitch segments. One of these might have been a slow pitch, but... They're both pitches. Uh, Jalen Carter did not fall. Uh, that did not uh, work out. So you can go back. I'll admit that one. You know, he, he still. I mean, what, he fell in overall. some capacity. How far did you say he was going to fall? I, I said he was going to fall out of the first round. I thought. Uh, oh, God. I don't remember you saying that. I, I don't like... remember you being that ambitious. I, well, I don't remember. I said he fall, but he <laughs> fell to like nine, which I would not consider a fall. I would just consider other teams taking. Yeah. Like needs uh, places of need, uh, you know, uh, positions of need. When you look at who was taken ahead of him, there were no other. He was the first defense interior lineman off the board. Yeah, but arguably, other, you have edge rushers off the board ahead of him, which makes sense. They don't, they don't serve the same utility. So, and a good edge rush, edge rusher, pass rusher is hard to come by in the NFL. So. Yeah, I mean that that one wasn't that bad, but by I guess by the time you had the take, it was already pretty well known he was probably going to fall out of the top five. Which was, if he had said it a couple months ago it, it, that he was going to fall, it would have been a pretty uh, accurate hot take. Falling to nine when you were pretty much a consensus top five pick for most of the college football season, plus I feel like the first couple months of the off season, he still fell a little bit. Uh, and Dylan then, watched the watched the CFP and just got the vibe that he that Jalen Carter was going to witness his uh, his teammate <laughs> and recruiting staffer getting a massive fatal car accident while he was racing <laughs> them to a Waffle House or some shit, and and just looked in his rear view and was like, man, hey, come on, uh-huh. I'm admitting that my take was wrong. Come on, you got you got to give me something for that. Uh, and then the I don't even take, remember the take. <laughs> I don't remember the exact one either. All I'm gonna do is take the chance to take a shit on you for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Uh, the other take that you can take a shit on me for, and actually Colin actually took a little bit of a shit on me at the time of the take, uh, was that the Atlanta Falcons were gonna use this draft to build themselves a playoff team. Uh, that did not happen. Reading here, <laughs> basically what I read is that and. Colin, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't look too much into the Falcons, um, you know, directly, but uh, it said that they needed basically a pass rush and some, some like, uh, like a cornerback, you know, like a an uptight uh, defensive back, and then maybe a wide receiver. 
they really didn't do any of that. They kind of got a draft. They kind of got a uh, an edge rusher, right? But they took a running back, a tackle. An so no, well the edge back, the edge was on the list for sure. I'm pretty sure. Uh, cornerback not it. <laughs> I have idea. I'll tell you that much. Zach Harrison. Zach Harrison's not it. I'll tell you what. I was already out immediately from the first round on our draft class. Yeah, they took a um, young young running back uh, in their room of already young running backs. I'm pretty sure I bitched about that on the last one. That there was only two spots I was gonna fucking despise something happening, and that was us taking Anthony Richardson or really any quarterback. But we sort of caveated that if uh, what Stroud fell, I would be okay with it. Um, but I didn't want a fucking running back. And guess what we went and did in the first round? It's not as egregious as the Lions, but taking fucking Bijan after we had a fifth-round rookie last year rush for 1,000 yards while not starting at least five of those games. And we're like, you know what we need? A, a young a running back. Fuck that. What are we doing? We don't, like, we could have taken a corner. That would have been fine. We could have taken a better edge rusher, at least, you know, something on the defensive line. But I think cornerback was what we should have taken with how the draft was sort of playing out early. And we just were like, ah, fuck it, running back. What the fuck are we doing? Fuck Arthur Smith. He's a goddamn... That's our head coach name, right? It's Arthur Smith. It's that generic. That's, I don't know. You tell us. You're the, you're the Falcons <laughs> fan. Dude, it's so generic that it sounds like I'm fucking not the saying the right is name. The owner is Arthur Blank. And the- yeah, that too. I, I knew there was two... Ar- I thought there was an, a, two Arthurs, but that's it throws it all off. Dude, fuck him. He rode the coattails of fucking... Oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm blanking on his name. Derrick Henry. Henry. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I thankfully got that in there before you. Yeah, Derrick Henry. He's a, f- a fucking Arthur Smith is a fucking chode. He sucks. He was a whiny bitch last year about the media. He he He's, you know what? We looked okay last year, but not good. Like, dude, one, don't shit talk all the fucking reporters about how you guys doubted us and all that shit we fucking didn't play that well regardless second of all we don't need another fucking running back Corderell patterson's still under fucking contract he can be our pass catching back like he sort of shifted into in the second end of the at the second half of the season once algier looked good and what a wild career he's had by the way oh yeah no and you know what deserved resurgence though Mm -hmm. and Fuck, fuck our draft. I mean, we took the edge, the cornerback, um, in a tackle in like third through or second through fourth rounds, but and we traded up for Zach Harrison, if I remember right. I think we were, I, I if I remember correctly, he looks good, but that he, they're gonna regret that one. He's I bet Ryan out. Pace had his grubby fucking fingers all over that. That man loves <laughs> to trade up. Oh boy. <laughs> Dude, I I'm so I I I wouldn't say I'm disgusted with you know the second round on because I just really you know what happens happens if we check the boxes of what we need great but I was immediately pissed off about Bijan Robinson I I, I want him to be good for the fucking first team, round running back but we you don't do that nowadays why would you take one at eight when you could take one in the fifth like you did. 
did what, last year. What pick was Saquon Barkley? And he's probably the closest thing we've had to an absolute NFL like ready running back. He was two. Years. Okay. Yep. Dude, it's art. Uh, it's dipshits doing it again. They did the same shit. I don't even know if it's the same front office at this point, but the same shitheads. You know, it, I mean, it's the, still the Falcons decided to fucking take Kyle Pitts and go make him eighth overall. And while Kyle Pitts hasn't been horrible, we didn't need to fucking reach up to eight for that shit. And we're like, all right, what do we want to do Wasn't again? He like fourth Re- overall. Oh, was he? Jesus, you're probably right. He was. Before I just, I've apparently deluded myself into thinking he wasn't <laughs> that high. Before we jump off this topic, I have two questions that are tangentially related. Uh, what do you think's the worst pick, Sam? Uh, taking uh, Kyle Pitts as early as Atlanta did, or taking Cole Komet in the fucking first round from the Bears, whatever year that was? Jesus, man, I don't know how much longer I can <laughs> I can even put up with this shit, man. Like, Cole Komet was Cole Komet was not even a fucking first rounder. I mean, yeah. well, on, he, well, he became on. one. Uh, the, Bear, the Bears fucking made him. Or was he a... Oh, they didn't have a first-round pick that year, did they? No, they did not. Ah, fuck. That was the first, <laughs> that was the first one off the board. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he was yeah. their first pick. Yeah. He was. And then we picked... And he's been... He's decent. I mean, he is he worth his draft he, capital? I don't know. But he's pretty decent. We got Jalen Johnson, the pick right after him. We had, like, back... Not back-to-back, but close-to-back-to-back seconds. Um, and Jalen Johnson's been really good. Um, I was going to take the opportunity. I would say probably – I thought you were going to ask me, is Pitts or Bijan the worst pick? I kind of supported the Pitts pick at the time. It's not aging that well. So I, that's a tough call. I will say I agree with you calling Arthur Smith's a chode. He's a coattail rider. All that shit is accurate. Bijan, in my opinion, is good enough that, like, it'll be – It'll you probably hope. look like a success, in my opinion. Like, he will be successful, in my opinion. Whether it's worth it is going to be a, a different question, but I feel like he at least has a higher floor than some of the guys you could have gone with. Last thing I will say in favor of the Falcons is I mentioned Ryan Pace and his grubby fucking fingers liking to trade up for for mid-round busts like uh, Zach Harrison. But I am a certified Clark Phillips respecter. I don't know if I said that. I may have said that on our draft preview. I don't know, but he was somebody who I kind of would have liked to see the Bears potentially get. Um, Utah corner who went to Atlanta in the fourth. Ryan Pace and his grubby fucking fingers. He also does like picking somewhat solid defensive talent in day three historically so i feel pretty damn good about clark phillips for you guys but that doesn't necessarily make it a winning draft class yeah no um if you asked me the question you sort of just said to yourself sam of kyle pitts or Bijan robinson i would say that i would prefer the kyle pitts pick and the only reason is i guess because Running backs have proven that they can come anywhere in the draft as easily, and Kyle Pitts, as much as they ain't, and as the much as they pitched it that it was you know tight end in name only, he can still become impactful on our you know in our receiving core. I think more so than Bijan can impact our running back group. I think he's good, but we've already proven we can run with anyone last year really that's fair so the receiving you know and a good job fucking Bijan can catch passes out of the back maybe it'll <laughs> disguise it a bit better than throwing Corderell back there but yeah it doesn't really fucking prove much it, it's annoying is what it is um 
Like, I, I feel bad for Algier, man. Way, way to get a fucking applauded for a really, really good rookie year for what you were by getting fucking job cucked day fucking 30 minutes into the draft. Yeah, that's got to suck. I will say for Algier also, though, keeping a little bit of tread off the tires, he's still going to make the same money for these next couple of years till he's a free agent and then the way things have been playing out historically for running backs and free agency, he might be better off if he still looks productive in his limited touches. I think he has a, a bright workload. future. But, yeah, I agree. He's still, I mean, he can't be happy about it. He's got to feel like, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, yeah no. Um, I, I I, was in not even, like, you know, a huge Algier guy. Like, I rooted in it for him in college or anything. But it's just like, dude, dude put out a really respectable First year as a rookie, late ass pick, day three running back that put up a thousand yards as he did, and we go, you know what we need most, better than him, and it's like may- maybe he takes a step back this year if we don't draft a running back, but now we don't even get to see that, and it was it was a waste of a fucking pick, man. It pissed and- it pissed me off. I mean, it was Lester- there was two ways that first round could have pissed me off. And it was Anthony Richardson or him. And unless, unless pretty much wanna, QBRB. Unless they want to go the... Uh, well, okay, I got two two things here. Uh, unless they go the uh, the uh, New England route and have a one-two punch at running back where you have guys basically splitting snaps. Uh, but also... We were already doing that. <laughs> well, Cordero Patterson's a weird situation. He's obviously... I mean, yes, but he was situation. productive. I mean, do you, do you transition him to the slot? I don't know. Also, he can't do that. Also, who the fuck is sitting there going? You know what's a good? You know, uh, totally not fraudulent program, Texas. <laughs> hey, uh, the Bears drafted a Texas running back too. So, which so, one? Uh, Roshan Johnson. Oh, uh, oh, is that the guy? You that was the guy you were wanting too, wasn't it? Fuck, if man, you guys took one, took a running back late. Kinda. It's gonna amount to nothing. But. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's transition this a little bit with one last question that somewhat surrounds uh, Atlanta. It kind of jumps into our just our general quarterback talk from the draft. Hendon Hooker went 68th overall, fifth pick to the Lions in the third round. Uh, Colin, oh damn it, Colin's leaving for a second. I was going to ask him a fucking question. <laughs> Gotta love it. God, Jesus Christ, Colin. I'll answer uh, it. Sam, what do you think? Do you think Atlanta should have reached a little bit? I think Hendon Hooker would have been a good, smart third-round uh, third round value. Unfortunately, he wouldn't have fallen to the Falcons in the third round. Uh, Sam and Collins back here. Sam, do you think that uh, the Falcons should have reached uh, a little bit in the second round to pick up Hendon Hooker? Do you think he would have been a good fit? I I feel like he could have been an okay fit, but at that point... I think with it being like a second round QB is like a middle of the road level of commitment that I feel like they've already extended to Ritter without letting it really play out for him. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here trying to defend Desmond Ritter, tell you he's not Desmond Shitter, whatever. We'll, we'll go see this year if he, if he's cut out for the league or not. I think like it wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world to take Hendon Hooker, but I, I think you put yourself in an awkward spot there with him and Ritter because like, you pretty much that that's a vote of no confidence in Ritter, but you probably are not really. You probably need Hen- that. Hendon Hooker. 
I mean, you don't really need well, that because he's going to go play his way in or out of the job this year no matter what. Uh, yeah, what the fuck would have been the point of taking a, Ritter? Getting a second-round QB, if, if anything, just gets I don't know. What was the bit. point of taking Ritter? <laughs> but, I mean, we'll see. But uh, what would the take? What would the point be of taking Hendon Hooker if, if you're not going to necessarily have him waltz in and take the starting job because, yeah, I mean, he may or may not even justify that. And you pretty much have two QBs of the same tier of prospect. Plus, hey man, Hooker's Washington, coming off injury. Washington took yeah. Q, two QBs in the same draft when they took Kirk Cousins in RG three, that, that worked that's out. That's true, and the second one, the second one worked out better. That is fair, but that's, I mean, it's a different situation. Yeah, no, um, I, I had, I had sent into like Sam and I's Twitter group that day two, round two, my nightmare scenario was we took Will Levis, Ooh. and not because I, not because I think Levis is going to be horrible, but we would have just gone over two on just skipping our actual needs on the date, like you know the rounds that typically are best for filling those right, you know, right from the jump. And I was so happy. What the who took Levis? Was it the Rams? That was the Titans. Or, okay, I I was so happy I saw him go off the board just so I didn't have to worry about it because I didn't think we would reach for Hooker. No, if the Falcons had taken a quarterback in this draft, not in the first round, we should have. Someone should have shot up the front office. What What was wow, the point? Uh, what was the point of drafting Ritter last year? Wait, which hold I didn't on. think They're was on a, my side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> Good, Dylan. You, you're lucky. You almost had an added spot. Like, no. Nah, what the fuck would have been the point of taking Ritter last year? Already let he fell to us pretty much. What would have been the fucking point of taking him just to give him like five starts last year with a team that was a bit discombobulated where you didn't actually get to see if he could throw the fucking ball because Arthur Smith plays puss ball and just trying to run it down their throats, which I is fine, but like that's ball, that's like old school like punch him in the mouth football. Just yeah, made, but you're not taking any chances. Strategy. You're not taking any chances. It's puss ball. Well, you're um, on your running the people, health. hey, don't get me wrong. The running back <laughs> in the line isn't aren't pussies. Your coaches. Um, but what would have been the point of taking him just to move on from him that quick without actually letting him have game time, real meaningful game time, to see if he's worth it? Okay, Collins firmly I'm, in the double down on your mistakes category well no the, it, why would you no i said if you're not going to take him in the first round and correct that mistake why take one later in the second yeah. or third or fourth just to reiterate your mistakes that's doubling down yeah you're not i mean I don't, yeah you're not doubling down in my opinion by like giving ritter the year like it'd be delusional for atlanta to feel like they're gonna contend for a title this year anyway so like objectively it just makes the most sense to see what you have in ritter give him the whole year if you suck and he sucks so fucking be it and you can hopefully replace him with a good first yeah to, to actually invest in a guy who you have tangible reason to believe can come in and take a step forward for your team as opposed to a guy like hendon hooker who's a bit more of a crapshoot anyway i mean i i just don't see the reason for it the, granted, you could also say that that same argument is a reason why it's stupid for them to take Bijan because Bijan and, and an elite running back in the first round is is theoretically it should be a luxury pick for a team that is like competing, and that's not what the Falcons are doing. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like when uh, when Clyde got taken by by the Chiefs, uh-huh. and that didn't work could, out they, either. 
But yeah, it didn't yeah, work out, make, but they had the sense. opportunity. Uh huh. And it w- would have made sense, like if Philadelphia had taken him, which which a lot of people thought was a possibility because Philadelphia, you know, is primed. They're a damn good team that had someone else's high first rounder and their own regular first rounder. They could have afforded to make that splash if they wanted, but they just went for a, a different sort of splash. God, they ki- they killed the fucking first round too. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of here, I'll transition for you go. real quick. To give you Colin whatever you want to talk about. The lion. We, we, we'll keep running back talk that. for a second at least. What the fuck were the Lions thinking taking the second best running back who was widely thought to probably go in the second round at fucking pick 12? Gibbs had, I will say, and playing some degree of devil's advocate here again, Gibbs stock had kind of been allegedly trending upwards to where he was considered a likely first rounder by draft day, but still everybody was surprised with how high he went and then that the lions have the audacity to come out and say that they would have been content taking him at six if they hadn't been able to work the trade down and i'm like you're telling me you would take him over Bijan robinson that shit was insane they did it after spending 18 million dollars over three years to poach david montgomery from my bears and then they have deandre swift who they spent if it wasn't a late first, it was, a, I, th- I believe, a pretty early second on him. The same, he was in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's class. I think it was an early second. That would line up with them always being shit. Uh, but it, it was that same year, and they just tried to trade him for pennies on the dollar to the Eagles because they, they're sick of his shit, I guess, and he wants out. It was pretty weird. Detroit has been poised or primed to win the North this year. A lot of people are kind of fluffing them up as a candidate to do that, and I kind of hey bought in. But hey uh, yeah, yeah. Hey now, Vikings they, had a good draft. Watch out! Actually, they had a me- uh, like an average draft. So Vikings be careful there. That good of a draft, <laughs> it's in my humble draft. opinion. But the Lions, yeah. I mean, I feel like the Lions did not really address what they needed to address. The Brian Branch falling to him in the second was a stroke of good luck for Detroit to kind of redeem what they did with their first round, in my opinion. Yeah, because Jack Campbell and he sort of an iffy pick as well just in he general. was considered a reach i don't know if like you know it, it's hard to really take that stuff that seriously saying he's a reach obviously you know one team had him graded super fucking high maybe some others did too but yeah yeah neither of these picks were uh predicted by basically anybody so it, it came out of left field yeah that was a bit wild the texans I mean, the Texans kept – yes, I think they overspent on Will Anderson potentially. Arguably, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, goddamn, they held the C.J. Stroud pick close to their fucking chest. Um, They they they, should have gone quarterback. They absolutely should have, and they did. They were going to do that with the way they treated Davis Mills, you know. Chicago legend Davis Mills. (laughs) Welcome to any, at any uh, drinking establishment in uh-huh. Chicago, <laughs> or or if you time yourself up with uh, Sam at somewhere in OKC. Yeah, it's but, Davis. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, good draft, interesting draft at the same time. Just going with uh, going with Stroud there, or along with trading up mm-hmm. for Will Anderson. I think I think they made the right picks. I do think they overspent on Will Anderson, though. That was a uh, that was a bold move. Um, I guess I think it was 
I think it was sort of dumb just because they're not going to contend super quick. And I, I think, uh, yeah, well just the, how much they gave up for Will Anderson was a bit bit of a stretch to do there. So that was that was that was surprising for sure. I mean, they had otherwise. Picks. I mean, yeah, you say they're not going to contend right away. Uh, they had nine picks, uh, if I'm correct on that one. I mean, it, it's a good opportunity to try to build for the future, especially two first round picks. Uh, two firsts. Oh, they only had one second. For some reason, I was thinking they had two second-round picks as well, but that's not true. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, you, you're not going to contend right away, but they're guys that maybe you think you can develop into something really special. Uh, maybe a couple guys in the first couple rounds you think can contribute to your team immediately. I, I don't think they did bad. Oh, yeah, I don't think it was bad, bad. I just thought it was definitely uh, a bit bold. Well, with nine picks, maybe you can afford to be bold by taking some guys that you think have the development track you're looking for, even if they're not the biggest direct um, contributors immediately. Um, I will say one other team that I think drafted at least first round really well, and I guess that's pretty easy to say when you have two first round picks. God damn, the Seahawks get in are one of the you know top yeah. corners along with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I am a jealous motherfucker. Wild. That's a hell of um, a class. Yeah, no, that shit was interesting. That, that was quite interesting. Well, when you have 10 picks and four of those are in the first two rounds, uh, it's hard to have a terrible draft. They yeah, also... no, I, I think JSN following falling to them pretty much was a bit of a stroke of luck because I don't think I say they had as good of a class if they get a different wide receiver. Did you have getting to know... the best wide receiver though, that's impressive. You had to know that the Vikings were fucking licking their chops thinking that uh Smith and Jigbo was gonna like fall to the fall to them in the first round. Instead, you got a massive pussy boy, Jordan Addison, instead. Yeah, I don't know enough about him, and I'm kind of upset. I think I was on the record uh, on the on this podcast saying I was going to be pretty upset if they took an offensive skill position player in the first round uh, that who wasn't like Smith and Jigba, or, and so I am. I mean, I know they need somebody to compliment uh, Justin Jefferson. and uh, Now that uh, all-first-team all white Adam Thielen left. Now, granted, I mean, I don't know. This guy's like a. I'd be, I'd be worried about his commitment to Minnesota, man. Who knows? He may <laughs> want to flip flop before the season. A couple million bucks. <laughs> I, think, I think Jordan Addison is a good compliment in the slot to Justin Jefferson. So I do think it's not the worst pick they could have made. I don't really agree with the value there, but. It does make a little I bit think, of sense. I think you guys got scared. Setting it up, trying to set up your offense. Yeah, absolutely, Colin. I think you get scared by not having Adam Thielen and getting rid of uh, some talented players in your, on your offense. The potential oh, of Dalvin I, I'm, Cook going away is a little bit scary for you know an offensive-minded head coach. I when it, Yeah, when I said scared, I think I was thinking more so along the lines of, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, back-to-back picks or wide receivers that's sort of something we want to address and we want to make sure they have maybe that name recognition that should lead to instant impact and what better than a Blitkanoff winner 
Did he, did he win it with Pitt, wait, Sam? Wait, how'd you say that? That's what I was about to say. I, how'd, how'd I say, know, that, say I, that again. What's the award? Is it the Blitkanoff? <laughs> dude, I genuinely couldn't tell you the spelling, Sam, you so I'm just sort of... Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, it's most, <laughs> my spelling. Damn it. Dude, I just, I just, <laughs> here's the thing. I just spelled it to type it in to see where I was wrong. I spelled it just for record B L I T K E N O F F. So I said phonetically what I was thinking. I was just wrong. That's not an enunciation thing. Fred I don't would give be, a fuck what Fred it is, dude. I, you just got to learn how to read and say shit. <laughs> it's Fred a two-faced issue now. Nevada. Is it, oh, what was the, other oh, one Fred, he, what was the other one he did on the podcast? Every, every Devante in the history of Devante. Oh, yeah. His... Oh, fuck, yeah, you were scared to no, say No, I one. said homage, but You're I got a little though. startled. No, there's another one you did where you, like, confidently said something wrong. We're not talking Here, about well, Devonta Smith and Devonta Freeman and all. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> what else is the apostrophe for? <laughs> Fuck it. Hey, Colin, can you can you name the the piece of shit former Thunder uh, reserve who who went to the Hawks who you were just pounding the table for to get more looks? <laughs> no. Vit. Kreshki. <laughs> I don't remember how to. I I know I say crakey. Yeah, it's not crikey. No, it's crakey, but that's okay. This this this. Uh, hey hey Dylan, Devonte Freeman does not have a fucking apostrophe no, after the, the other a. one does. Who was the other one we talking about? Devonte. Doesn't, doesn't matter. You're still wrong. Devonta. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the fucking name. Is well, Devonta. no, 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 no. I'm just Devonta in the history of of anyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry that I was utilize utilizing a soft a. <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch out with them. Yeah. God damn. There is no apostrophe in either of their names, and phonetically, I am not wrong. Uh, but that doesn't to... make you right. Oh, That's I know. I, I I am aware, uh, and trust me, Sam hears it a lot more than you do. Man, unfortunately, this man sat and watched the Falcons blow a fucking <laughs> Super Bowl where Devontae Freeman's name had to have been said I don't know fifty times, and every other game throughout his tenure as an Atlanta Falcon. In, in his at defense, least this, in my defense, the Super Bowl I was obliterated. No, in his defense, he, he was distracted by somebody else. He was distracted by somebody like listening to trap music on their phone in the kitchen. <laughs> Not yeah, even the fair. kitchen. Like the Not whole even the way kitchen. into the Five kitchen. Five feet. No, the same no, room. no, no. He was in the corner of the room. <laughs> hey, he was. He you was, see where my kegerator yeah. is was, in my <laughs> office? He was practically he was, there while I was sitting where the TV hey, is. Hey, man, he had to get he gets psyched up for the honeys later. Uh, in 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 <laughs> the, the clean arm. machine. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let, let's, keep, to... let's keep moving. Where else do you want <laughs> Where else did you want to go with this, Colin? I mean, I know he had a lot of ideas about our draft review. No, I, I did not. I just figured we criticize or applaud, and I, I've done all I can do. Okay, I'll applaud. I I do. Okay, I think the Vikings had an average to mediocre draft. I will say they. I. They tried at very least to address areas of need by taking two cornerbacks. So, I mean, you're you're trying to raise your odds there. You're raising the stakes a little bit, but you're raising the odds there that you're going to have uh, one guy who comes out of this and he's at least serviceable. Uh, you know, they 
got a interior lineman. I think he's a little bit undersized for what they're looking for, but I guess you got to hope that they're going to try to add some pounds onto him. Being six foot three is not the end of the world at that position. Um, but the one that I think is intriguing after doing some research and looking at some highlights and stuff, uh, they took Jaron Hall uh, out of BYU in the fifth round uh, as a quarterback. And I think as somebody who you can give a year to hopefully develop behind Kirk Cousins, the, the thing that I'm going to point out that you guys are going to love about this is that you know how I give uh, Kirk Cousins a lot of shit for having the pocket presence of a Pop-Tart. Uh, Jaron Hall... is actually a corpse. Yeah, Jaron Hall has been applauded, at least in his college pocket presence and being like available and aware in the pocket. And you know what? I think he's got a little bit of mobility that might help with what Kevin O'Connell wants to do in having a more modern offense. Um, and, and you got to like, you really got to kind of like any guy coached at BYU by a Kalani Sataki um, in a mid to late round because you think they're going to be generally well coached. Um, or at least that's how I feel. So I, I don't think that's what, a what, if, what if they are coached by the same guy, but in like taking second overall. <laughs> what if they play the same position as Jaron Hall, and then they are <laughs> arguably the biggest bust of the last half decade? <laughs> right there with uh, he's battling it out with Trey Lance. Yeah, but you know uh, what? Josh that's Rosen, why you, if he still would you counts. call would you call Zach Wilson <laughs> yeah. a bust? Would you call Zach Wilson a yeah. bust if he was taken in the fifth? Uh, well, no, I mean, because yeah. he probably wouldn't have played. But exactly. I would call him so how is this a bust? I didn't. We're not calling him a bust. Yeah, I mean, no, we're, no, just we're just saying, saying you're you going. Oh, he played at BYU, so that's a good under, sign. And we're like, under no, this no, it's their coach, last quarterback. Yeah, it's not under he played at BYU. It's because he played at a Kalani Sataki, who I have a lot of respect for as a college football coach. Did, so I'm admittedly kind of did clueless he, there compared to y'all. How long has Sataki been there? Did he not coach Zach Wilson? No, he did. Uh, okay, cool. So, so it's the only same, if they're a so mid-rounder. It's the same fucking only, thing I was Jackson just saying. Only if value in the fifth round. No, he would. I mean, uh, sure, sure. Sure, if you if and by value you mean. The jets? Anywhere other than the Jets, you might have had a fucking chance. Nah. No. The Jets just ruined quarterbacks. <laughs> Sam Darnold. I mean. Arguably Zach true. But what is Sam? Butt fumble. What's his face? Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. He was good he, for like a season. He's better than those guys. Yeah, he was he good had, for like a season. I just don't get how the caveat to to the success of that coach is instead of looking at his highest overall draft pick, let's take a middle dra- of the day Zach, look cause, cause that Zach, has no expectations. Because Zach Wilson was taken too early. I'd say if I'm choosing between two guys who have, and I don't know who I'm comparing, who I'm comparing him to, but if I'm choosing between two guys in a mid round, I might look at BYU because I like Kalai Sataki as a coach. I think he's just a good coach. I don't know. I'll take it. <laughs> Somebody yeah, hired maybe, Dylan. He's working. No, legitimately, he's working with more, but like he was working with more mature guys at BYU in general. <laughs> well, no, it's like a legitimate thing, though. Oh he's no, no, I know. Go. That's why I'm laughing like, at J- it. Jaron Hall's gonna go into where he's the youngest guy in the fucking. He's the youngest guy in the fucking locker room, and he knows like some guys who are legitimately adults and have adult things. Like, it, it, it's probably not that big of a factor, but basically my big thing is his pocket poise and that he knows how to handle the goddamn ball and get rid of it in time. You know who was a good uh, fifth-round value pick out of BYU? 
hit me. Oh, Jamal Williams. Well, actually, probably yes, but that I was gonna say. But Tyler technically, Algier. also. Was Jamal Williams? Oh, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler Algier. Fuck me. Jamal Williams <laughs> didn't finish up at BYU, did he? Yeah, he got kicked out because he he liked to have fun. He but I, I don't remember where he got. Wasn't I don't remember where he got picked for parties. sure either. <laughs> yeah, he got caught soaking. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. So, uh, he I, mean, I don't know when. He, I don't know. Too. I don't know where he got drafted, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just got really I, – I, I, I had already – I forgot Algier. I very much knew Algier went there. Ah, Jamal Williams, fourth rounder. Fuck. Algier, huge Mormon. <laughs> hey, guess what? It, he He's looked good so far. I guess maybe you're right on that midday – you know, middle rounds uh, under that fellow. I would take a flyer on a BYU player. Fair I enough. Like I'd take a mid-to-mid-round flyer on a BYU player. <laughs> I wouldn't take well, I uh, maybe specifically on their quarterback. It's, I, I remember one thing. Yeah, I don't know if they stats. said Zach Wilson had great. Yeah, so did Zach Wilson. I don't know if they said that Zach Wilson had great pocket presence, yeah, so I can't but really Zach speak Wilson, to that. But they got one picked thing, number. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Zach Wilson got picked in the first round. I'm not equating him to Zach Wilson. I'm equating the circumstances that surround Zach Wilson as a quarterback at BYU to the circumstances that surround Jaron Hall as a quarterback at BYU. Jaron Hall. That's exactly what I was doing no as well. Uh, yeah, so Jaren, he's a Jaren loser. Hall, yeah, he's he is all of the lack of talent of Zach Wilson with none of the spunk and sort of gusto that you know makes a winner. Lack of talent and lack of kick-ass attitude. Yeah, fucking bust. In my opinion. In my humble opinion, the Vikings had a pretty shitty draft. They had by far the least athletic draft class of any team, which is is interesting. I'm not necessarily a, like a disciple of the relative athletic score the way the Bears GM is, but the I Vikings the... are basically running counter to the meta with this draft class of like what a lot of teams are targeting. All of a sudden, like, well, they were like, nah. Yeah, I, I'd give you that. I think Jordan Addison, Noel, maybe not what I wanted to see first round was you know not a terrible pick i kind of agree actually i i like Addison. i, I, I didn't want to see good. that but you know if you if you want somebody if you want somebody in the slot to replace adam thielen you couldn't do a whole lot worse <laughs> actually no you couldn't do a whole lot better that's what i meant to say but damn so i got two other little fun uh i thought funny tidbits from the draft and Sam sent the one in that this tweet was so fucking funny. Uh, Tom Pelissero's, uh, and here's the exact tweet for your, at least the front portion for you, Dylan. It was Denver traded up for Iowa cornerback Riley Moss, yeah! the rare white quarter or cornerback. Yeah! <laughs> I, I I said the only way it could have been better is uh, if he treated it more like a sort of an extinction type animal thing where he said. The thought to be extinct white cornerback. This is gonna be some some YouTuber in the next season uh, is gonna have like the Matt you know Madden twenty four, and it's it's gonna be he's gonna put together like a white versus black team, and he's gonna have to he's not, he's not gonna have to, he's not gonna have to reach for a cornerback. Well, so <laughs> speaking of that style, uh, whenever I would like, we would occasionally play 2K at Sam's house. Um, I'm not a big NBA 2K guy, so Sam, whether the talent level was even or or if I had an advantage, 
probably wouldn't have mattered but we would play black well we play blacktop most of the time and how we would run it is you get a random spin to the like the team and you have to pick a guy off that team to fill out your lineup and i definitely would want run the all white team to see if uh, i could put on a, a class performance of fundamentals on the blacktop well, brave and i won that on the air colin <laughs> did hey i i wanted some three-point specialists a lot of kyle and, I, and occasionally the very uh eastern european big guy a lot of kyle Corver. how do, I, you, uh, feel, how do you feel that we're no longer in college where you're doing that a lot and now you have like you know your your eastern european dudes who have you, know, you have you have joker you have a uh, luca you know guys who would have would have been really good on those teams they're taking our jobs, oh, man. God. All right, let's <laughs> let's move on to that. Do we want to keep going on the draft? Uh, I could take it or leave it. I, I thought you just segued us perfectly to uh NBA, to some co- to sure. some NBA. Okay, let me say one thing before I let you into, G- into the NBA. I like Jimmy Butler and what he's doing. Yes. I, I like his style of play um, in a in a. In a, in a league that's full of three-point specialists, I like a guy who who can get physical um, on the court. But that's that's, that's My, really that's really the only perspective I have on this whole thing. Yeah. So somebody he talks his shit and backs it up too. Yeah, I, I still think rough player, man. I love it. The Jokic brothers would have murdered him though. Le- fuck off. Legitimately, the <laughs> this is a long-standing argument that we maybe don't need to get into. <laughs> but legitimately, Jimmy Butler, if I can hang my hat on. One random fucking – I mean, this was me pulling this out of my ass, but, like, he, he was drafted 30th overall by the Bulls in, I believe, 2010. Good uh, value. And and was – yeah, certainly. And he was coming off the bench, not just coming off the bench, but, like, barely in the rotation as a rookie. And, like, within the, his first handful of games where he got any minutes, I was telling my parents and everybody who would listen, this dude's a fucking stud. He's a hey, dog. That's you know, the Reisendorf family knows what to do with talent, not – <laughs> they hey they gave they yeah okay they they they, 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 they drafted talent they don't know what to uh-huh. do with it yeah they were convinced that you couldn't build a winner around jimmy butler and so they traded him to start a rebuild that has gone nowhere seven <laughs> years later while jimmy butler has been to a finals um and has won numerous other playoff series while the just took out a fucking one seed as an eight seed uh-huh a one seed that uh, dispatched the Bulls last year, and the only time we've been in the playoffs since trading Jimmy Butler, we got absolutely waxed by this same Milwaukee team that the Heat uh, know how to play. Now, I I, I will say I, I do respect Jimmy Butler. Uh, just there's that one caveat that Sam and I have been over many a times. Uh, him calling Cat a pussy is just all time hilarious, and Dude, did, immediately. Sorry. Did you see the Jeff Teague video that went viral this this week? It's like he a was six talking or about seven it. Minute long clip about him telling that story. It's even more detail on it. It's fucking funny, dude. Yeah. So I saw that it was like trending or something, but I didn't watch the actual video, so I'll have to go back and do that. But I do. I I saw that it was it popped up. That whole story popped back up uh, from another player's point of view. So I'll have to go find that. Um, one shit talker, I'll just take a chance to segue us here. One shit talker who does not back it up quite to the degree of a Jimmy Butler would be none other than Memphis's Dylan Brooks. 
um, who, <laughs> who found himself getting a lot of attention this series, mostly for being dog shit and not being able to hit open threes to help bury the Lakers, but also for getting into it with LeBron, dick shot in LeBron, <laughs> which is a plus one point of respect for me. <laughs> you know what? Things, I, but Dylan I don't Brooks, have many opinions on this, but I do stand with my own namesake. Yeah, okay, fair enough, and he he does even spell it the same way, yeah. um, the wrong way there, so good for hey, you no. guys. But uh, Marshall Matt he, Dillon spelled it that way. I have not so. seen a report like the one that came out today, personally, at least phrased the way that this was phrased, and this comes through Sham Sharania, who is basically a mouthpiece for every fucking front office in the league. He'll say what you want him to say in exchange for getting the scoops first. Um, as long as he gets and, good lunch. And what he posted is that the Memphis Grizzlies have already informed Dylan Brooks, who is off his rookie contract after this year, technically a restricted free agent, that he will not be brought back under any circumstances. <laughs> Basically saying, <laughs> get the fuck out. We do not want you. It doesn't matter what you get offered. The league minimum, we don't give a fuck. We ain't matching it. You're gone. See ya. Sam, how calm <laughs> I, is that in the NBA? Because that sounds wild. I can't. I can't recall ever seeing it. Like, obviously, there are times when guys come off their rookie contracts and they're allowed to walk and their teams don't match. But even when that's, like, known ahead of time, the way the story comes to the public is something like, sources say the Grizzlies are not expected to make an effort to retain Dylan Brooks. Something like that. You see that all the time. What you don't see is sources tell me we told Dylan Brooks to eat shit and die. <laughs> like, get the fuck off our team, basically. <laughs> like, he he embarrassed him because he also skipped the media. He talked all this shit, and then he skipped the media uh, in, in, like, their last handful of losses as they blew their season. Um, and he really drew a lot of ire towards the Memphis Grizzlies So I went without being one of their best guys. So I think really they – they probably from the top down were just sick of his shit, but they they wasted no time putting it out there that they are cutting ties, cleaning their hands, and they're like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, the the verbiage of that tweet was so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Just we don't want anything to do with him under any circumstances. This motherfucker's key card is not getting him into the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> <facility> <laughs> Pack <anymore>. them bags. <laughs> Take, just run, run the clip of them uh, of. Uh, Ripping NBA up his, on TNT, doing the fuck. <laughs> They're ripping up his punch card, Sam. <laughs> Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. <laughs> Dude, God, between between him and all the shenanigans Ja got into this year, the Grizzlies almost went from that young darling to just uh-huh. fuck these guys. Yeah. Everybody so, hates them. I feel bad. I hope Steven Adams gets out of there. He's too likable to be clumped in with the shitheads. Same. <laughs> uh, all yeah, right. No, I mean, outside of that, um, I, I would like to point out that uh, Sam and I have been on the same page on this gentleman for years, and that is Donovan Mitchell is a fucking fraud Bum. ass. They got... They got gentlemen swept after... Did they take the first game? No, they got blown out the first game and won the second one, I think. That's what it was. I forgot... I, I, for, I mean, I'm looking at the bracket and forgot they were at home for it. I knew they... I thought they won one on the road. But the Knicks did sort of... I mean, the Knicks have... Will never, I feel like... The Knicks actually have the best chance of actually making a title run this year just how with everything fell. 
but I feel like the Knicks the past couple years have looked really good without being able to bring it to the postseason and maybe stumbling across the fucking Cavs, which I feel bad sort of for all the other guys on that team having to put up with just just fraud Donovan Mitchell. I, I really like Jared Allen, so I guess that's the only one I feel bad for. Um, but, yeah, no, them just getting ran the fuck out. But now the Knicks have at least a path to the conference finals. I mean, obviously the Heat beat the Bucks, but you got that. You get a four or a five versus eight matchup in that side, and that's sort of just going to be. I mean, Jimmy Butler didn't suit up tonight. Because he oh. he sprained his ankle. Uh, I don't know if uh, we didn't really mention this. Josh Hart just like slid through Jimmy Butler's ankle in Game One. Jimmy finished the game because he's a fucking dog. He could not move. He was camped in the corner on offense for the last three minutes, straight up not taking a step on offense when they had the ball. Um, in game I think that's one, dumb as won. hell. Like I I, I get like I, I just don't get the benefit of that. I mean, good on him, I guess, but like. If you're hindering the team, it is kind not of good on he him. Was still moving enough on defense to be surprisingly kind of effective, and I think it, and he was almost like you could see him kind of like calling the shots on offense to where I kind of get it. But yeah, I'm with you. It's almost if it went on for more than three it, minutes or so, it's like maybe get the if, fuck out of the game. If they it, blew the game, oh yeah, that'd be indefensible. Yeah, but but he didn't play tonight, and they lost. So that series is now one one. Yeah, they kept it close. There, I think they only lost yeah. by six. Yep. So, and it's long, uh, uh, the oh my god, fucking Boston losing to an MB to an MVP less uh, Philadelphia 76ers with Embiid winning it this year um, uh, officially. Yeah, they did just announced that. Didn't they? All right, yeah. all right, all right. Uh, lightning round, real quick. Sam, who do you like to win it all right now, based on what you've seen? Oh damn, tough. I would I would say Philly if there was not the the question of Embiid's knee. Uh, I'm gonna take a total bitch move, and I'm gonna say it's gonna be fucking Golden State again. Okay, follow up question: What's the stupider name, Joel or Joel? Um, Joel, in my opinion, Joel okay. has that authentic like uh, you know he's Cameroonian, and they're they're a little more true to the syllables with it. Uh, so I, I think Joel is respectable. I, also, coincidentally, I think... a Jayhawk totally doesn't weigh into my opinion. Uh, <laughs> but Joel, Joel is a shitty chody name. Joel, yeah, Joel, feminine, Joel Embiid is rough. Yeah. Joel, Joel <laughs> does not work for Embiid. Joel only even half functions as a white person name. Okay, Colin, um, you're part of the lightning round. Who do you like to win it all right now? Uh, I, I'm going to say Denver or Golden State will come out of the you West. You have to pick one. Uh, the fuck whole point it. I want of Denver. Round. Yeah, no, I want Denver to win it. Fuck it. I, I definitely want Denver to win it, but I think the de facto, like, pretty much finals will be Denver versus Golden State. All righty. Uh, do we want to do. Oh, Sam, you're raising your hand. <laughs> Uh, I know what we're doing next. If you guys are even prepared for, I know what I'm doing next. It's bum of the week, and it's I Harrison don't have Barnes. One, so hit me. On a, yeah, that's fine. And yours can be Harrison Barnes too, because he sucked enough <laughs> okay. ass for all three of us. That, if that motherfucker could have hit, if he could have hit a, a slightly contested three at the buzzer of game uh, four, that would have yeah. been enough to swing the series. Plenty of other shots that piece of shit could have made the whole time, but he was a double agent just uh, trying to get Golden State that fifth ring. 
pretty damn shameless. <laughs> Fuck Harrison yeah, Barnes. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to uh, totally potentially talk Harrison Barnes' uh, just top quality career with the Mavs next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see fun. if that works. If that one works out, uh, I am currently. I can't even give. I don't know. Let me just give bum of the week to Dusty Baker for being kind of a mediocre manager this week. Damn straight. Uh, I, bum I of the dispute, week. I dispute Dusty Baker because he said that uh, he can't tell with Jose Abreu is always limping. He's a tough guy. He can't tell if he's limping or pimping. And I was like, that's a oh good my one, Dusty. God. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then he also defended not pitching and throwing at the Strohs and all that shit, so fuck him. Well, yeah, fuck him for any ever existing with the Strohs. I just saw a good quote from Dusty today for the first time in my life, so I figured fuck <laughs> him mention if he came Why up. Fuck I... it. I, I, got, I got my bum of the week actually pretty easily uh, now that I've looked for a second. Uh, Chris Paul, shying away from a potentially tough series getting hurt, hurt. in game two. <laughs> <laughs> why do I feel like Just a, he can't close it out, man? Why do I feel like Dusty I mean, Baker gets Jose Abreu and Brian Abreu mixed up in his head? That's very possible. <laughs> He's old. He's doing his best. <laughs> well, you know, if his best is a fucking World Series, I'll take it. Uh, do we want to do the briefest betting segment? I don't think enough. I don't think any of us have enough betting history, except maybe Colin, to do a recap this week. So, you know, let's give one or two. Sorry, Colin, I'm taking over Colin's capping corner. You, it's, you it's, can have it's it. It's Dylan's capping corner this week. Uh, let's give just the briefest one or two either bets you've placed for the rest of the week slash weekend, or things you're going to look out for, or some combination thereof. Colin hit me first. Sam, I'm giving you oh. a little bit of a chance, but if you don't have anything, that's okay. All right, we got UFC 288, which will be pay-per-view, unfortunately, this week. Um, but it's going to be a, a, pretty much any of the pay-per-views are a title fight included. And Sterling versus Cejudo will be quite interesting. Cejudo's taken, honestly, I don't know how many years off, uh, but he's a former Olympic wrestler, um he's been a ufc champ it'll be very interesting between him and uh, sterling who's a very good grappler and jujitsu guy to see what happens i feel like whoever's better on their feet will dictate who wins that i will definitely be trying to watch um the other one on that card that i really like and I'll, i will say it as a bet because i will bet it is going to be gilbert burns money line against Bilal muhammad Bilal muhammad has fucking pillow hands Gilbert Burns is a better a better fucking wrestler. He's going to be better on his feet than Bilal. He's neg 125 money line. I feel like that's a sure bet. All right. Sam, do you have anything this week? I don't know if you've looked ahead. It doesn't have to be a bet. It could be something you're going to look for. I don't have anything super concrete, but I'll definitely be eyeing at least the Sixers Celtics tomorrow. It looks like that line is 10 points right now. Um, Philly obviously like? just won game one. Wait, who, who's uh, the I underdog? Think, Celtics have to be the underdog, right? Yeah, no, no, no. Celtics uh, are our uh, ten point favorites. The reason, sorry, Joel Embiid, as we mentioned, is hurt uh, at the moment and the MVP of the league. Sixers won in Boston game one without Embiid because James Harden pretty much put on a 2018 style James Harden performance, scored a ton, assisted a ton, just pretty much ran the game himself and, and did a damn good job of it. Um, it's not guaranteed to work out again, but 10 points to me feels like a hell of a lot after what we just saw. Maybe I'll even tease it for a little extra cushion, but I feel like there's some value to be had there just on Philadelphia being able to keep it close. They're longtime rivals, division rivals. 
Uh, I mean, Boston could blow them out, but I don't know if the smart money would be on a blowout in that game. Uh, me being ignorant, is 10 points big for the NBA, a 10-point spread? It's for pretty sizable, especially for a playoff game. Especially yeah, for, for a, a playoff, playoff game, game, for sure. Involving two, like a second-round playoff game involving two good teams, that's pretty steep. Pretty much like tanking teams towards the end of the season, if they were playing a respectable team, sat around 15 points. Um, which is still quite a bit in the NBA when, I mean, it's a, obviously, as you were bitching about, way too much scoring and shooting. Um, Ten <laughs> points is a, definitely a large amount for what's supposed to be a competitive game, especially and if MB doesn't play its rational line, but also I see absolutely why you'd want to play the Sixers coming off that first performance. All right, uh, let me give mine here real quick. Uh, basically, I have one bet set. Uh, give me the New Jersey Generals as two-and-a-half-point underdogs to the New Orleans Breakers. Uh, for once in my life, I actually might have a little bit of belief in uh, Mike Riley and his hip-hip hooray. If you haven't seen that video, you should look that one up because it's a uh, um, – and then, uh, basically, I would look for any Astros game this week or this weekend where Corey Jolks or Mauricio Dubon is playing. And if they are starting, go ahead and uh, take a look at their lines. If they're anywhere under minus 200 for a hit, or but which they may or may not be. I don't know what the lines are going to look like. I would take those. Corey Jolks has proven to be a very, very valuable player coming up from AAA this year. And uh, Mauricio Dubon had that really nice hitting streak. Just a good hitter. Not necessarily going to hit a lot of home runs, but he knows how to get on base. Corey Jolks, um, I think, generally underrated and is going to be looking out for a big payday uh, next season. So uh, both of them. Yeah, Dubon's a speedy son of a bitch. He's been stealing bases like a motherfucker. So at least getting on base, he's at least... If he's getting on base, that's not a bad thing to be uh, in. Here's the th- I might, if you took Corey, uh, Corey Jolks, I don't know if you would take a home run, but if you take a Corey Jolks uh, RBI in one of those games, if you, have a, if you have a book that'll give you RBI lines, I like that one. Uh, I'm trying to see if they're damn. Uh, typically, it's like hits, wah, uh, Hits, RBIs, runs is a combined type prop bet, if I remember correctly. Can't, it's either that or hits, walks, runs. One of the one of the two. I think it's hits, RBIs, runs. So Corey Jokes criminally underrated, look at. not by Astros fans. So I like betting on the guy. I have not done it yet, but I've been looking at his lines and trying to develop a little bit of a plan to work on that. They they gave him a moment card on the show very early in the season, so even the MLB the show has shown at least unfortunate respect to an Astro. Yeah, continuing uh, to have a promising minor league system. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? Fuck the Strohs. They're losing two none. Going to lose today. That's eh, okay. They won last trash night. Trash ass cheating, no integrity. Fuck. Hey, you know what? I would hit that trash can. You guys would hit that trash can for your teams. I'm not upset. Oh, yeah, but but our teams didn't do it, so we can uh, spit on you. Oh. And then our World Series would be fraudulent, hey, and Sam. if we won another one, it hey, would Sam. also be fraudulent. Hey, Sam, how many wins do the White Sox have this year? <laughs> uh, I believe we got number nine tonight. 
Ooh, look at that. At least we did it with integrity, Ooh. motherfucker. We <laughs> yeah, okay. We punched the clock. We punched <laughs> the clock and we played fair tonight. Yeah, yeah we went out there. We, we, we sucked ass and we did it fair and square. Houston can't say the same. Yeah. I can uh, I can sleep tonight knowing that I root for an honest piece of shit franchise like the White Sox. You root for the Reisendorf family. Uh, Ghost Rose. That, that is not directly true. Uh, Ghost Rose, and that will conclude our garbage sports opinions for tonight. Go check out our Twitter at Three Plains SB. That's at the number three P L A I N S S B to keep up with our sports betting adventures and spreadsheet, and keep an eye out for future episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever the hell else you get your podcasts from. And remember, quitters never win big, and big winners never quit. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs>